You are listening to God the MBA Marketing Beyond Ambition Podcast, Episode 010. Welcome to the Godly MBA Marketing Beyond Ambition. This is the only podcast that will share and teach actionable and biblical marketing strategies to empower you, the value-based business owners and Christian entrepreneurs. Learn to communicate your message effectively in this noisy world so you can finally earn more. Serve more and give more. Now, here is your host, Kelly Botter. Hello, Kelly Botter here. Welcome to Godly MBA Podcast. As business owners and entrepreneurs, to create buzz around our business so we can be more visible in front of our potential clients and customers. To establish more credibility is one of the most important tasks. However, when it comes to obtain media coverage for niche-based business, it's not so easy to find experts can teach on this subject with practical applications and proven results. If you ever found one, generally speaking, the price tag is not necessarily a great fit for most small business owners. But today, I have a solution for all of us. Our guest today is Jeanette Marie. I met Jeanette in 2015 through Chris Docker's Upreneur community. Since then, we became good friends and found ourselves to share some common interests in life as well. I know many of my fellow entrepreneur friends, myself included, we have used her strategies and become such like contributors for Huntington Post, Business Insiders, and many more other media outlets. So what she teaches truly works. Here is her official bio. Jeanette is a British journalist and PR coach who helps business and brands tell their story in the media. She's written for various national publications, including The Guardian, Huntington Post, Daily Telegraph, Entrepreneur, Independent, Daily Mail, and The Sun. Many consumer titles and made dozens of appearances on radio and TV. She lives near London with her husband and 10-year-old daughter and runs her business from her garden, the very well-known shed quarters, local coffee shop, or wherever she happens to be in the world. Now, let's check with Jeanette. Hello, Jeanette. It's Hello, how are you? <laughs> Good. It's so happy to see you again, virtually. We just saw each other in person. We did, yeah. I have a new Media Europe in London and we had a good time and we ate a lot, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just uh, want to talk about that, you know. Uh, you guys now, I mean, but before this conversation, you guys heard that her, her amazing credentials. But I got to be honest with uh, Jeanette, you know, I gotta say that you totally rekindle the hope of PR for my business. You know, it changed my perspective to journalists that, you know, that you guys can be so soulful as well. 
Oh, that's good to hear. <laughs> well, Jenny and I share some common things and interests in life. You know, such as we both are moms, we are hustlers, and in fact, she inspired me to take action for this podcast. But more importantly, we both love eating <laughs> and exercising. I mean, people think I am skinny, but Jenny is so tiny that when we were both in conference, I figure. I'm not the only one crying hungry frequently. <laughs> yeah, Jenna, actually, you you are a runner, right? Yeah, I run. Um, I run really regularly. I belong to a running club here in the UK, and I also run in my local park run every Saturday morning. So I get up at nine o'clock and take part in the timed run, which we have all over the UK, but I think are pretty much all over. Europe now as well, yeah, and I love it and、uh, love beating my time every week. Sort of taps into the competitive side of me. <laughs> yeah, well, because、uh, many of my listeners are actually from US, I'm not so sure in US we had the park run or not. It never took off in the park run. I think it's probably because the US is such a big country. Where I guess you know, in the UK, there's probably one in every park. You go two or three miles, and there's one in every park, or maybe five miles or something. But I think in the US, maybe it's too difficult because it's a big country. But I read that it just didn't take off in the US, which is just kind of surprising. But I guess if you think about the size of the country, maybe that's why. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember when I lived in Vegas, yeah, I had to drive to go to a park, really. Yeah, so that probably is why. General speaking, sometimes as an outsider, meaning that we are not journalists in that field, you know, we kind of feel like, meaning business owner, we know that while、well, you guys are very busy, always fast talking, and、uh, but you know, popular in your own ways. So we might sometimes feel a little bit cold and distant and don't know how to approach you guys. So can you share a little bit about actually? Where you from, and then how you came along from a, such a well-established journalist for top media outlets such as Guardians and so on, and to start building your own business to serve the small business owners and entrepreneurs. Well, I actually started my career as a school teacher. So when I was、um, finishing up university, I, I did an English degree, and I always really wanted to go into journalism. But everybody told me it was really competitive, and I wouldn't be able to write for the national newspapers. I'd never make it. And、um, I think I believed the hype. So I, I was also interested in teaching. I've also enjoy, always really enjoyed teaching. So I went and trained to be a school teacher, and I did that for about three or four years. I didn't not like it. I did like it. But it was just. I was in my mid twenties. I was spending every evening working and every weekend, a bit like I do now, actually. But、um, <laughs> but but it was just for somebody else. And I mean, and, and being a teacher, it's really hard work. It's probably the hardest job I've ever done or will ever do because you're not just teaching the children the curriculum. You are you're like a social worker. You're like a You know, first aid worker. You're like a counselor, a psychotherapist. Like you're trying to be all of those things to children, teenage children who are very complex. And I used to just feel exhausted. I was just exhausted. So after about three or four years, I thought, well, I can stick at this, or I can do something else. So I just took the plunge. I gave up my job. And everyone was telling me I shouldn't do it, but I just gave up my job and I went and retrained in journalism. So I went back to college at the London College of Printing, which at the time was this really kind of funky art college at the back of the Guardian. And they did—it literally was the London College of Printing—and it was a really great place to be. Like it was just there was just like artwork everywhere and kind of really kind of like. 
creative looking people. I really enjoyed it. And so there I did my diploma. And at the end, I probably should have got a job on a magazine. I went to do some work experience at Mother and Baby magazine. And while I was there, someone kind of offered me a job or someone said, there's a job coming up, you know, would you be interested? We'd quite like, you know, think you'd be good for it. And um, I just thought, oh, no, I just it wasn't quite what I wanted to do because I wanted to write. And this was more on the kind of editing side. When I was doing my journalism course, we were encouraged to sell our works. We were encouraged to sell our article ideas into the media. And I was kind of I had a couple of early successes where I managed to sell things in. I got an interview with a celebrity for one of my assignments. So I kind of thought, oh, well, maybe I can make more money this way, like counterintuitive. Maybe I can make more money by being freelance. And the bonus being I don't have to get up and drive anywhere in the morning. I don't have to get up in my case and get on the train and go to London every day. Maybe this would be better. So that's what I decided to do. And um, it was it took a little bit of time to get going. At first, when I first started, I'm trying to remember now, but I think when I first started freelancing, I also did a little bit of tutoring. I used to tutor, give extra tuition to kids. I did A-level exam marking as well, like a bit of extra cash. But quite quickly, I was earning enough money to do that completely. And I always, because there's not an awful lot of money in freelance journalism, freelance writing, I always had little side hustles going on. So I might be doing copywriting or training or teaching or do all sorts of things. And um, really early on, I realized something. I realized that most people were terrible at pitching into the media. So I would get these awful press releases and pitches in my inbox by people who had never read the publications I wrote for or never even opened them by the looks of it. And I just thought, well, if people don't know how to do this and they're really bad at it, then maybe I could teach them. So I started running workshops in London, little workshops at first in the YMCA. And then they sort of grew into big conference style events where I'd invite other journalists to join me. And we'd sort of, it was like meet the media type days. And then people started asking me to do consultancy. And by that time, I'd got to the point where I, um, I'd been writing these, like I was, I specialised in education and business and entrepreneurship. And you know when you've just been doing something for a long time and mm-hmm. you're quite bored of it and when I first started my dream was to write for the Guardian I was just like oh my god you know I can't imagine and I did that quite quickly but then I got to the stage like I don't know 10 12 years into it where I was writing pretty much all the time for the Guardian I had some really good contacts there I was being invited to fill in for one of the editors there and you know they put me in charge of a section of a national newspaper and a couple of times you know and and that was that was really great but I just got to the point where I thought if I have to write one more article on some aspect of education policy I just I was just bored you know you just get to the point where you're just bored and I just thought I just can't can't do it anymore so I gradually just started to I've always really enjoyed like marketing always found marketing fascinating and sales and what makes people buy so I think almost without thinking naturally I just started to do more of this training and consultancy work and sort of drop down the journalism bit and I still do some journalism I'm covering for an editor in the Guardian next month it probably will be the last time I do it I imagine but I I still do it and I still write for publications because I think it's really important that that I'm walking the talk so that if I'm showing people how to do this stuff then I am still pitching to editors and I'm still writing for the media and I'm still doing so I still do it but I spend most of my time now teaching other people how to do it by got a coaching program I've got a a membership community 
I do like one-to-one consultancy as well, or consultancy with corporates. Um, not not much, but I do a little bit of it. I've got a book coming out, and so so basically, I just spend all my time teaching people how to get into the media, which I think is incredible fun, and you know, more fun than what I was doing before. I have to say, I've got, I I think I just sometimes you just get to the point where you just you just need a new challenge, don't you? And I think I, I just needed a new challenge. So so that kind of brings me up to <laughs> it brings me up to where I am now. Does that all kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's why uh, actually is, is perfect timing. We can talk about this about your book. I want to ask you a question. Say why you say in your book, which is the title, guys. This is fabulous. Called your press release is breaking my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and then okay, the sub. I need to read the subtitle. A totally unconventional guide to selling your story in the media. So. What are the common mistakes that you see in gee, over a decade? Oh. Oh, I don't want to say your age. Okay, over a decade <laughs> for yeah. entrepreneurs that in their PR efforts. I think um, that was quite literally that. I used to see these press releases that people had written coming in and they were just so awful. Like they weren't badly written. They were like nicely written, but it was just that the people who sent them had never read the publications that I was writing for or editing. You know, they just never given me any thought or what I might be looking for. They weren't personalised in any way. And they were just so bad that they'd almost want to make you cry. They quite literally would break your heart because they were, like, so bad. Um, so, <laughs> And I just kind of, like, used to think... I guess what used to really annoy me is that a lot of the time, or some of the time, these PR companies have been hired by entrepreneurs or people who ran their own businesses. And I'd be like, that could be me, or that could be Kelly, or that could be somebody who doesn't know any better, who's hired this company to do this work for them and believes that they're doing a good job and doesn't know. And I've often been tempted actually to email people to say, business owners, and say, do you know what this person is sending out on your behalf? So it was that. It was just like, we, we call them the journalists. We often call them like heartbreak stories or heart sink <laughs> stories where you're just like, oh my God, like nobody would be interested in that. And, you know, the kind of like, oh, we've won an award or we've got a new marketing manager or, you know, just, just really kind of dull stories. And so what I really wanted to do is like, I saw all these like small business owners and entrepreneurs being ripped off really. And I kind of wanted to say, look, actually you could do this yourself. You don't need to hire a PR firm. Or if you do, Here's something that will explain to you how it works so that you can make a good decision and find a decent person and the right person to do this for you who will do you a good job. I think, so what you say, when we say about the common mistakes, probably mm. one is they probably even don't know. They never read the publication. Yeah, yeah they, never, they never do their homework, basically. Yeah. And if they really hire somebody to do it, they probably need to pay attention to as well themselves. So, you know, before this interview, I want to be really practical for both sides, for you and for my audience that I ask my audience that what, what kind of subject when you come to PR that they are interested. So since most of my clients, they are all entrepreneurs. So they ask, well, number one, so how to PR for their product launch? Okay. And secondly, it's what do you mean? Because this is one actually one chapter of your book. Mm. We're, gonna, we're gonna mention about the books afterwards. Say, start with the low-hanging fruits. What do you mean by that? Okay. Well, can I start with the low-hanging fruit and then do the product launch because that makes that makes more sense. So, by starting with the low-hanging fruit, I just mean when I first started teaching this stuff, I used to go straight in saying, "Here's how to write a pitch to a journalist. This is what makes a great story." And for some people, that's fine. But I think for other people, it can be a bit much. Like they feel a bit intimidated and a bit overwhelmed because it's too much to take in. So I realised, like quite recently, that 
actually teaching people things that they could do which were sort of like easy wins if you like so when I talk about the low-hanging fruit I mean actually connecting with journalists who are already looking for help rather than going out there and pitching yourself to them so there's about four ways that you can do this which I can take you through now so the first one is very simple thing now where are, where are most of your audience? Are some of them in the US, did you say? Um, I would say a lot is in the yeah. US, yeah. So we have this thing in the UK which is called journal requests, which is just a hashtag basically where journalists will, will put out a request for what they're looking for. But I think the US equivalent, help a reporter out, they have a hashtag where you'll see requests from journalists who are saying, I'm looking for um, a woman to interview who has seven children but holds down a uh, demanding career or an entrepreneur who uh, started a business without any kind of angel funding or you know, a, a coach who can give me advice on how to cope with anxiety or something like that. So is and so you, Twitter, you mean? Yes, this is on Twitter. It's a Twitter hashtag. And if you were to go on there right now, then you would find that there'll be journalists there looking for help already. So it's like the low-hanging fruit just reach out to them, go back to them and say, hey, I can help. And easy, you know, so, so some of my clients with the British version, which is called Journal Request, um, there's one lady, she's got she's an app developer and Mother and Baby magazine, which is one of the big parenting magazines, they were looking for somebody. She developed this app because she had three children, none of them would sleep at night. So she decided to develop an app to help children go to sleep. They were looking for somebody who, a uh, great business story, uh, they were looking for somebody to, they were doing a sleep issue, they wanted a, a parent with a story around sleep so she just got in touch and said hey you know my children's sleep habits were so bad this is what I did nice picture you know there she is and she posted in my Facebook group the other day a picture another one of my clients is a, a coach or sort of psychotherapist who specializes um, in anxiety actually and so she just responded to something to one of the big women's magazines I think it was like good housekeeping or something and they were looking for an expert to comment on anxiety she just replied she gave them a quote and there it was and she could say she'd been featured in good housekeeping so it's like easy peasy um, you know so so that's what I mean by low-hanging fruit it's just like it's not scary to, to to go up to somebody who's already looking you know to, for something it's really easy so and what I advise people to do as well is while you're at it while you're um, looking at those harrow that's what we normally the shortened version of help a reporter out or journal request is to while you're there just kind of check out the journalists and see who else they write for if they're freelance or if not you know just just check out what they're sharing what they're talking about because you're not just you're not just answering to that particular request but you're also building up your media contact list you're trying to get an understanding of what kind of things they're writing about or making programs about or whatever and um, the other tip I would give as well on that is to reply to them, even if it's something you think you can't help with. So I have had people come back to me and say, well, I checked it and there's nothing that applies to me. I said, well, is there anything that a friend might be able to help with or a colleague? Because, you know, if I see something that I can't help with, but then you say, um, I think, well, actually, Kelly could help with that because that's really her her specialism. So I can go back to you and say, Kelly, you know, would you, would you mind helping with this one? I can put you in touch with this journalist. And, and then when I go back and I want to, you know, pitch an idea to them, I can say, oh, do you remember I put you in touch with Kelly and, and she helped you out with that article. So I think um, it's worth responding, even if it isn't something that you think directly, if you can just help at all, you're kicking the door open, basically. So that's the first thing. The second thing is kind of related. So there's these things called media inquiry services and help a reporter out is one of them. And 
And there's one in the UK called Response Source. There's one called Gorkana. Source Bottle, I think, is the Australian one. But basically, wherever you are in the world, there are these services. And basically, they put journalists in touch with people who are looking to be featured in the media. So it's almost like a dating nice dating <laughs> service. They put the two people who need each other in yep. touch with each other. Now, some of these services you have to pay for. Um, so I think Response Source in the UK, you do have to pay for. I think Help Reporter Out is free. However, you can get free trials of them, even if they are paid for services. So it's worth taking a trial out for a couple of weeks, seeing what journalists are asking about, responding to as many as you can. And some of them are really good. They're often national publications or national TV shows, radio shows, then taking the names of the journalists and keep putting them in a spreadsheet so that you've started to build up your contact database and again responding even if it's something you can't help with responding you know with a friend or something I mean I noticed my my PA Joe. she went into my she looks after my emails and she had found a story <laughs> that really uh, suited her actually because she's a business owner as well and, and it was something to do with um, an older woman that's got a friendship with a younger a younger girl and, and she's taken uh, one of her daughter's friends had come to live with them and Joe left home when she was quite young and, and so she kind of saw this girl struggling so she she invited her to, to come and live with them and they've become friends and and so Joe said oh yeah I hope you don't mind but I replied to that response source request in your uh, because I thought I could help and obviously she's got a business so um so that's really that's low-hanging fruit because again it's just replying to an email just responding to somebody who's looking you know you might not get they might say thanks but no thanks or you know some of them might work out some of them won't but you're learning all the time about what journalists are interested in you're getting the names of people on the publications that you and, and the right editors as well to go to so that's that's great and um, the other thing I say so this is like my second thing my third thing is stop me if you think of, you've had too many um, no my goodness this is <laughs> value bomb the Chris Ducker will say right yeah yeah so the, yeah. the third one is um to make it easier for journalists to find you online so this is something I shared actually in my talk at New Media Europe where we were together last weekend so journalists hang out on Twitter that's something that you should know anyway that most of them hang out on Twitter and they use Twitter like a search engine so if I'm looking for an expert in say phobias or something I'm just going to go phobia expert and put it in Twitter and if you pop up first then great I'm going to go to you I'm not going to bother with anybody else uh, but I showed an example actually when I was speaking at New Media Europe of the difference having a, a well-optimized Twitter profile can make so I showed three examples of people in this case it was a lawyer specializing in sex discrimination so I, I pulled up three I searched that term the first lady I got had it just had that it said lawyer specializing in sex discrimination so it's perfect I knew exactly what she did she had a photo of herself and there was a phone number crucially there was a phone number now journalists don't work nine to five they work 24 hours a day so if you know just a really simple thing but just having a phone number on your Twitter profile immediately puts you ahead of the game for searching and making sure that your your Twitter bio says exactly what you do, not, you know, loves coffee, uh, likes running, enjoys walking the dog or whatever, you know, these things can really help you. And the other thing as well to mention, which it is politically correct to mention it, but but journalists are they're um they're under pressure to to show diversity, basically. So this particular example, this lady was, um, I don't know, she looked to me like she's from an African background or something. And journalists are under pressure to find people from diverse backgrounds. So if you are from a diverse background, you know, for God's sake, put a picture of yourself up there because that's going to help. And, and, you know, women as well, 
as well broadcasters are particularly under pressure to feature more women in the media and more people who don't fit the conventional stereotype of an entrepreneur like you know man in gray suit type thing so even so if you're a man this is not to put you off but but it's just kind of just (laughs) just just bearing these things in mind that actually if you look a little bit funky and you look a bit different so I was saying this to Martine and we met a a lady over the weekend didn't we at new media europe and she doesn't look like your typical kind of entrepreneur she's got like this bright blonde hair and like and someone like and she, she's really kind of striking looking and she's got her own style and actually that kind of thing is really attractive to the media so if you can bring that out your personality they want people they want personalities they want diversity they don't want men in gray suits basically so okay so jenna yeah. we need hair dye obviously Some hair dye yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we look a bit too we look a, little, a bit too normal maybe um but you know if you've got something about you that's quirky or different actually that's quite quite good so that phone number thing is crucial as well because um, and i'm not saying that you should have your phone next to your bed and you should be waking up in the middle of the night you know but even if it's just got a, a message on it that says how you know where they can leave a message or something you know um but that's going to put you streets ahead of everybody else the other thing is that journalists will also look on LinkedIn as well for for people and this is a little tip for you if you you want to boost your chances again think about that keyword thing so the example I gave when I was speaking at the weekend so say for example I'm looking for a phobia expert so I just searched in LinkedIn for a phobia expert I got this lady up called Lauren who's now famous in all my talks she has no idea but she's famous because I feature in lots of my talks who it just says the uh, little bit, little description on her LinkedIn page says fear and phobia experts. So perfect. I need somebody to talk about phobia. Perfect. There's this other guy. I did a little bit of searching. So I, I tried to find some other phobia experts. And there was another guy who called himself like an en- neuro-linguistic programming expert, um, director of neuro-linguistic programming, blah, 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 blah. And when I looked at his credentials, his credentials were actually probably better. He had more qualifications. But because he'd not just, he'd described himself in a kind of, you know, a very kind of academic sounding way he actually made himself less so that I mean this is generally for promoting yourself generally but that line on your LinkedIn profile under your name is crucial you know it should be I help people do whatever so you know if you're a coach you're a leadership coach that's probably not enough you know I help women to become CEOs or I help human resource directors uh you know, leave their jobs or whatever it might be, you know, but be as more specific you can be and show your expertise, the more likely they are to call you up. And the other thing is, obviously, have a great photo that's not an Ibiza holiday snap, a professional looking photo. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be corporate, you know, personality, people, great. But also, if you're looking to be on TV or radio, then the first thing a radio or TV producer will do is look you up. And if you've got a little bit of film, it doesn't have to be a professional show reel or anything, just something of you to like, you know, like me and you talking now would be yeah. fine. They just would be enough for, we're on video, by the way, for listeners. That's why I'm saying this. <laughs> okay, I um, guess I have to post a video then, huh? Yeah, you, yeah, you have to now, <laughs> don't you? Um, but you know, just even us talking like this would be enough for somebody to say, oh, look, those two sound like they know what they're talking about, hopefully. Um, and uh, they look all right. On, on video and they can string a sentence together so they'd be good and similarly with writing so if somebody writes to me and they want to write something for the paper the first thing I do is google them and I want to see what they've written sometimes people get a bit like worried about this because they think oh well I'm not a great writer it doesn't have to be your writing even if you've got a ghost I know somebody um a very successful coach who doesn't write any of her copy on our website but she has got good copy on her website so if somebody drops by 
and as she's a copywriter but if somebody drops by then at least they think well this person can give me some words that are good basically so so that's kind of three three tips is, is that enough to to be going on with or, or, or do you want more <laughs> i mean i can sit here all day long we just got all her coaching program just right away here <laughs> but boy no it's it just it's awesome uh i mean it's more than awesome uh, i think in british we have to say fabulous or or fab or fantastic <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to you know adjust to both u.s market and uk market <laughs> so yeah, but, say it's super useful that's what the americans would say it's super super useful or something like that wouldn't they yeah, yeah. so how about the pr for product launch okay so big mistake people make here is that they put all their eggs in one basket so they they basically just rely on one type of approach and they rely on the least effective approach so what most people do so say you had a new coaching program coming out and what sort of things can you give me an idea of the sort of things your audience might have in terms of a product launch or would it be yeah that, for or? them will be something a uh, type of a coaching program can be group coaching programs coming yeah. out or can be the let's say $2,000 programs, that kind of combination of self-learning and the group coaching. Yeah, so the mistake most people would make is they would write a press release about their new coaching program and send it out to loads of publications. So let's say, for example, that one of your clients has a coaching program for lawyers. So they might think, oh, okay, you know, well, maybe I'll send a press release out to some legal publications and, and, and maybe someone will pick it up there. The problem is, is that Press releases, like first off, journalists get hundreds of them and they um, they can't possibly read them all or open them all. And and also it's like if you send the same press release to, you know, to five legal publications, they're all going to be different. They're all going to have slightly different audiences. And, and so basically it's like throwing a pack of cards up in the air and hoping that some of them land in the right place. You know, some of them might, but actually some of them won't so um i think that's quite an ineffective way of doing it now if people have got products like they're actually selling selling like i don't know like hair dryers or something like that or is it actual physical product then some newspapers and magazines you know they do like review spots where they'll actually review things like that so it might be worth sending it in with a press release but even so i would say i'll just quickly say this just to put it into context but you know when i worked in mother and baby magazine there were like prams arriving every day beauty products makeup car seats whatever and most of the stuff was just piled up on people's desks and also a lot of press releases some people say well should i send mine in the post well you know if you look around any newspaper or magazine office what do you see on people's desks just stuff piled up like envelopes with unopened stuff in it so um so i think it's very ineffective so what you need to do is go for a much more targeted approach and the trouble with just sending press releases out is that press releases are essentially just news stories and so does anyone really want to read about the fact that you've got a new coaching program let's be honest like you know would anybody even in the legal gazette or the lawyers weekly just taking that example or some if say somebody does coaching for people in accountancy or finance or something does anyone really want to read that kelly's got a new program you know no offense but no it's not that interesting so what you've got to do is think creatively about it so what i get people to do and where the real gold is for media stories is to look around the edges of your business if you're looking to get coverage so basically i often say to people you want to get coverage for your business or a new product launch stop talking about it and uh, so I'm doing a book launch at the moment and like I've just pitched something to a PR magazine actually and I didn't mention my book it was right until the end very small small print right at the end I mentioned my book so what you need to do is look around the edges of your business I've got a, a handout that I use quite a lot which I can share with your audience if they find it useful That'd where awesome. I 
Um, it's like a, it looks like a Venn diagram basically, um, and I'm picturing it in my head now. So at the begin, in the middle, it's got your business and your brand in the middle, and then it's got all the areas of your life which intersect with your business. So there's um, money, work, life and death, relationships and friendships. Um, what else has it got in there? Hobbies. So it's got all these areas which kind of cross over with your life, and that's where the gold is. So I'll give you some examples of some press coverage that I've got for my business, which has helped me to get people onto my programs and services, and hopefully this will illustrate it. So Kelly knows this, I think, um, but I work – I'm not there today because I don't tend to podcast in, in there, but I work in a shed at the end of my garden, one of these kind of chic – sheds and it's all kind of done up like fancy and basically people are kind of interested in they're a bit of a thing in the UK these like she sheds or chic sheds so I've been featured in the metro which is the UK's big sort of commuter publication which everybody reads on the train when they're traveling around talking about my shed now article wasn't about my business or anything to do with my business but it gave me an opportunity to talk quite a lot about it it's a lovely quote from me saying oh I love working here because my um, shed is you know this represents my personality and the kind of business that I run I run workshops here and all this kind of stuff um, and I've had quite I've been featured in some big supermarket magazines here as well which a lot of people read so don't don't dismiss them um, so I've been featured talking about my shed in in some of those as well I've also written on the Huffington Post about my shed so I wrote a piece about why I don't like holidays and my shed was featured in there and, and my kind of how I like to work the other things that I've got coverage for um, just trying to think now I wrote a big money if you can find anything to do with money that allows you to mention your business then this can work really well so one of my most successful pieces that I've press pieces I've been involved in was a piece that I wrote about why women should stop working for free and this was for the Guardian and basically what happened was as a speaker I get emails from people from time to time and they say would you like to come and speak at this event and I say wow yes that would be amazing um, I'm free what sort of rate did you have in mind and they say oh well um we didn't uh, think about paying you. We thought you might do it for the exposure. So um, so then I get back and then say this is not on and then they usually come up with the money. And so I basically wrote a piece about this for the Guardian's Women in Leadership section. It got so many comments, so many shares, so many people. Oh, Janelle, we, we need to yeah. link to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can link to that. And mm-hmm. and so many people visited my website and then found my work. Thought, oh, right, she does this. I've got a business as well. And And the thing is, Although I wasn't talking about my business, I was advertising that I was a speaker. It was like a whole 800 words saying, hey, I'm a speaker. You can hire me for speaking. So so there's that. Um, I've also written about, I wrote a piece about why I sacked all my staff and started um, working alone again and how it helped me feel more like a leader. So that was called, so it was like letting go of my business helped me feel more like a leader. Um, so again, it wasn't about my programs that I do but gave me a chance to talk about the kind of things that I do um, and probably my most effective article for driving traffic to my website and leads was an article I wrote about miscarriage at work so why we we need to talk more about miscarriage and it was basically it was, it was miscar- world miscarriage day or whatever it was um, and I was chatting to my editor about the subject and she said you know you should really write about that or did I maybe I suggested it to her I can't remember but and I just talked about miscarriage at work and how difficult it can be to get back to normal and how people don't always understand it and you can imagine got 10,000 shares within about 24 hours wow sent loads of traffic to my website and then I was speaking at an event in London there was a lady sat in front of me and she said oh I've I found you because I read your article on miscarriage and then I went and had a look at your website and then and this is the thing I think it, it kind of comes back to really what your podcast is 
is, is underlying with your podcast. It's like um, when people identify with your mission and your values and what you stand for, then they'll want to do business with you. But if you're just out there trying to sell, 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 does it? Does that kind of make sense? It's kind of um, you don't need to be out there in the press saying, here's my new product, here's my new program. And journalists aren't interested in that sort of thing anyway. But if you're out there talking about the things that connect with your mission and values and, and the things that you believe in and who you are, then you will naturally attract press coverage too. Does that kind of make sense? Or, or yeah, you'll I think those, well, first of all, well, you guys know that you need to go to the show notes of today's episode. <laughs> show notes is so much value and goodies, I call them. Basically, I think what, what you say in essence of be human, you know, because <laughs> I think boy to down, we all want to be heard. We all want to be understood and we want to be, we want to feel connected. So when we share those things, you know, and then there's a crowd there out there uh, will be attracted to you. And then they will say, okay, now I like her. I trust her. Yeah. So obviously she's, she's here in the publication. Okay. So, so let me check it out what mm. she has to offer. And that, that kind of credential is much better than, you know, just a typical sales page. And- yeah. Yeah. And if you want, if you want to have coverage with people saying how brilliant your program is, you can do, but you have to pay for it. But if you want, credible editorial that people will actually you know a journalist is actually featuring because they generally think it's interesting then you know that that's going to be better so janet well all my guests have answered that one question and that one question is what is your godly mba moment the mba standing for marketing beyond ambition actually we kind of talked about that just a moment ago so what i mean when it's a moment that you realize that your business is way beyond just a business. Well, last year, so my, my brand is called Soulful PR, and uh, the three tenets to it. So the first is service, the second is sincerity, and the third is simplicity. But I'll just tell you where that came from because it answers your question. Uh, so this time last year, I was a bit confused about my brand and where I was going with my business. And I went to um, Gabrielle Bernstein's Spirit Junkie conference in New York. And I don't know why I went there, but I like her stuff. But it was a little bit woo-woo for me. Um, but I like her, especially for a British person. Um, I like her stuff, but I just something drew me to go there. And I was standing talking to another lady from the UK in the queue for the book signing. And I said to her, oh, I'm just struggling to really kind of get my brand to all kind of align. And I said, the trouble is, all these people here, you all do good. You know, you, you're yoga instructors and you help people with nutrition and health. And, you know, you run a retreat pilates retreat or whatever it is what do i do i teach people to get into the media and she stood and she stopped and looked at me and she said but you help people to tell their story you know you you help people to to tell their story and share some good in the world and to help others but, you know if, if you can help people to get the word out about their business and what they do that helps them to help other people so you are you you are helping people you know and uh and it was a real light bulb moment for me because i was like yeah i'm not just doing this kind of like waste of time i'm actually you know helping good businesses to get better known in the world you know to, to share their message in the world and actually i can feel quite proud of that and feel, feel quite happy with that so that was really kind of like my light bulb moment where i really sort of felt my godly mba moment thought you know actually what i'm doing isn't just about you know the, the work that I'm doing every day, I'm actually making a change in the world and helping other people to make changes through through their work. 
Well, truly you are, because I can testify that, you know, after the New Media Europe conference, and then, you know, we have these uh, uh, podcast award, the winners and things, you know, nobody's talking about they need to get on the PR thing. And then, but then you reminded the, the group said, guys, now is the time you need to go to connect with uh, mm. uh, journalists and things. And, and yeah, e- exactly. I mean, you are helping all of us to get our story out there, the message out there to make a much better impact. So mm. you are reaping all the ripple effects. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I want to tell you guys that now, if you are listening to our voice now and you thinking yourself that, wow, I really need to get uh, my PR game. I can honestly say this. Janet was gracious enough. Well, I twist her arms. <laughs> to give me an advanced copy of her book. And there are seven chapters, 17 chapters, oh, sorry, 17 chapters. But it's a very easy and entertaining to read, you know, such as just listen to a couple of the chapters here. It's a news jacking, finding the fresh angles on hot news stories. And she also talked about telling media stories people actually want to hear, right? and how to write copy people actually want to read. All jam-packed in one book. So guys, you need to grab the book. I think at the time of recording, Janet, you are already pre-ordering Amazon, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's for pre-order on Amazon, yeah. but yeah. So uh, when is actually official launch? So my, my book goes live for July the 7th. So by the time this goes live, it should be available for people to, to buy both on a digital version, but also in a hard, hard copy as well, if they want to buy one. Yeah, here we go. Then we can grab a physical copy. I still love physical book. Mm. <laughs> but Janice, thank you so much for today. Mm, thank you for having me. Yeah, for the, the precious time and then so much value. Thank, thank you. you. What a jam-packed interview. I trust you have enjoyed this episode as much as I did. As you can tell, Janet and I had a great time to create this episode for you. And she has shared so much PR tips and insights in the show. For all the information, articles we mentioned during the show, please visit kellybother.com forward slash zero one zero. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We know you have given us your most valuable treasure, your time, and we don't take it lightly. We truly appreciate it. Did you enjoy the show? If yes, please do share, subscribe, and give us your honest reviews on iTunes so my team and I can continuously produce valuable content for you. Don't forget for all the goodies we mentioned during the show and my free gift for you, the business blueprint for Christian entrepreneurs is at kellybother.com. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Godly MBA podcast. For more actionable marketing tips and strategies and today's show notes, visit www.kellybotter.com.